Welcome back to Point of View. Tonight's leadership quote of the day brought to you by DJ Coulter Agency with American Family Insurance. Tonight's leadership quote of the day is those who dare to fail miserably can achieve greatly. John F. Kennedy, you got to take a risk. You got to take a risk. Here we are celebrating our nation's birth coming up over the weekend. So I would encourage you, if you can, that today, tonight, tomorrow, whenever, just take some time over the holiday weekend. Please sit down and read our nation's birth certificate. I'm asking you to do that because, number one, I just think it's a great idea. And number two, I know we've mentioned before right now, we're at a time in our nation where we need to use some of old JFK quotes, right? That's not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country, for your community, for your local school board, for your local city, whatever it is that's on your heart. We need to take on a servant's heart right now and serve this great nation to, to um, get things back on track, some people might say. Maybe that's an easy way of saying it. So be sure and join us tomorrow night. President Trump down at the southern border. Fascinating polling coming out in regards to immigration right now uh, and Democrats and Republicans. We'll talk about that, plus the situation down at the southern border, as well as much, much more, because there is a drone camp for kids coming up in Tioga in August. We'll preview that as well. And as always, we want to invite you to go out there and plant those seeds of faith, hope, love, and truth. Because as you know, point of view, this is the show that's fighting for the truth for you. I'm Chris Berg. Have a beautiful evening. We'll see you back here tomorrow night. We're here in Medora, we're actually inside where the Gospel Brunch takes place. I'm with the one and only Emily Walter, the creator of the Gospel Brunch, but also I like the, the title Queen of the West. And you guys have got a new show that I just had a chance to see this morning. And I got to tell you, I was blown away. I told you earlier, the Holy Spirit hit me like two or three times, brought some tears to my eyes. It is such a moving show. So first off, congratulations on the new show. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to be open. I love the Queen of the West thing, but let me tell you, there have been a, there are a lot of people that created this show. I'm 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 just the the spokesperson for it. The 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 all of the people behind the scenes, our producer, uh, the gentleman Sandy Tipping, who uh, who made all the beautiful arrangements for this show, um, the choreographer, the all of the people behind it. I I I'm just the front person. <laughs> I'll remain the queen of the West. I love that. But there's a whole lot of people behind this show. That's I, for I, sure. I, I know that, but you're also being very humble. You've I mean, this has been your baby for quite some time. Now there's some changes. So tell people, hey, this is why you got to come out to Medora. There's some brand new changes. And tell us a little bit about the cast. The cast is fantastic. They are fantastic. We have had a really, we've been very fortunate all of this time to have people that uh, are, are incredibly musicians and, and wonderful performers. I am I am really smitten with with this year's cast. I think I think with the changes in the music, um, as well as the changes in cast, um, it it just turned into a really wonderful fit. Um, and I and I think I think we have some stellar people. I think everybody's a star. I think that's really cool that every everybody in the show really shines. The 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 music kind of transcends the person and I'm I'm thrilled. And they're they're wonderful 
professional and personal people as well. Yeah. For people that have never been to a gospel brunch, why is it an absolute must when they come to Medora? Well, I think, well, first of all, the food's great. It is fantastic. Come get some breakfast. It really is good. You have you have uh, lots of different foods, egg bakes and, <laughs> and bacon and caramel rolls. And I mean, it, it's good food. It's good food. Um, but I think it's a wonderful chance to to sit down and and enjoy the food and enjoy a lot of different songs from a lot of different denominations that kind of just just fill up the space with joy for an hour of your morning. I think it's a, a tremendous uh, testament to Medora uh, that the people that have been coming, this is our sixth season six years i can't believe a i can't believe i've been out of the musical for six years but i can't believe that this has been going on for six years and it's and it's been a joy from start to finish i think that the people that keep coming back year after year after year and not just once they come multiple times throughout the summer um, I see faces that I that I know out there um, a lot, so um, it's a testament to what we're doing. I think it's a great fit for Medora. I always think it. Ha uh, I always thought it would be, and uh, I am so glad that it, it took off. And and we're we're filling the seats. Thank goodness we're filling the seats once again um, to 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 share that joy. Yeah. Share some of the songs. It's really got kind of this beautiful roller coaster ride, the way you guys set it up, and then you bring in Bill Sorensen for a beautiful little talk. And yes. Yes. And it's we do have some of the same songs that we have had for um, the last six years, which I think is important because these are people's favorite songs, and you need to have that familiarity in there. But we also wove in some some new songs. So along with with the the older ones like um, Let's Have a Revival, which I love to sing and and uh, and um, oh well, I'm gonna say oh happy day thing is a new one. I love oh happy day. I love uh, swing low, sweet chariot is in there now. Um, Softly and tenderly, uh, church in the wildwood. Uh, that we we've taken what we used previously, and and Sandy Tipping, who is our music director, took it wove that magic in once again and now we have this lovely little little walk through through all sorts of different kinds of music um, it's it's beautiful and it's and it's it's upbeat as well as as touches people um, I, I think that's one of my favorite things to see now that now that um, we are opening up and and you can get closer to people, one of my favorite things about the Gospel Brunch from the get-go was that it was intimate and that you could, I could wind my way through the tables, see a little girl who was, you know, clapping along or, or um, mouthing along to the words, um, and and go up there and actually sing to that person someone who is hearing um, a, a song that uh, I like uh, now a new new one is I come to the garden Jessica does a gorgeous job of it but you you see how those particular songs really move people because something happened in their life um, and and the and the song triggers that for them you see that and you can actually go to them and direct it 
to them. And I think that's a really lovely thing about this show. Um, it, it works It works as, as a bigger, grander thing. Like when we played Husfest, then it was more like a big Gaither concert. You know, you're like a rock star up there. But in this space, in the show hall, it is, it, you seem to have some sort of direct line to people. And that's a privilege. What's happening to you now is what happened to me. Like you could, you could feel the intimacy in the room this morning. Tell me what you're thinking and feeling right now. Well, it, it is. It you do feel that you get caught up in that. You see these faces, whether whether it's in the you know, big whaley part, um, and everybody's happy and smiling and clapping along, or, or in that real when you when you pull back and you just see a, a little bit of a light on someone and you see their eyes it it's a connection and I think that that is I think that is a, a very special uh, a, a very special thing about the gospel brunch and I am I am thrilled to be a part of that and I think that's really important for Medora you have that huge amphitheater um, and they have fantastic music and they have the gospel numbers and such up there as well but the the intimacy that you get in the smaller space with less you know less of a cast less of the the music less people um you you just are able to sing directly to them This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay with us. Coming up in the next segment, got a very special guest from beautiful Medora. We're going to be talking about the Gospel Brunch, absolute must-sees. We head up to Medora this summer. First, though, Big Crop Report's going to be released tomorrow. We're going to preview that, and we all know about the drought situation that we face right now here in our different communities. So join us to tell us more about the latest on the situation, the one and only Eugene Grainer with heartlandinvest.com. Eugene, you see what's going on out west. I mean, high, high, high temperatures that they've really never seen before out there in Pacific Northwest. We know what's happening here locally. Walk us through what the latest news is with the drought, and obviously what does it mean for our farmers and our audience watching right now? Thanks for having me on, Chris. Yes, uh, drought widespread here in the Northern Plains. The crop most affected is spring wheat, and I'll show you why, just a quick review of the charts here. This is all the spring wheat, uh, excluding Durham, growing in the United States. And of course, obviously 47% of all the spring wheat in the United States comes out of North Dakota. Now, the dark shaded areas where it's prominent, the best producing uh, spring wheat, uh, the lighter shaded areas, more less, there's other crops more rotated. And of course, one is not number one. That's only 1% of the total spring wheat is grown in Oregon. 4% is grown in Washington State, 7% in Idaho, but collectively that's 12% and they're burning up. And we carry that into Montana, uh, the northern portion of Montana, 13% comes out of here burning up. The only spring wheat to the south is in Colorado. Obviously, that's good, but it's a minor area. Not a big deal, but it's like, let's come back to North Dakota. I'm going to show you here just in a second how this area, this spring wheat area of Minnesota in through South Dakota, uh, through this area, and of course, it carries up into Canada, which is also burning up now. 
is where it's hurting. 2017, we lost a lot of crop in here and prices went over $8 and then stopped because this area grew a lot of record crop rains as of 2017, the rains arrived here, but not so now. Let me show you something. This is as of June 29th, with all the rains that transpired over the monsoonal rains we were supposed to have uh, over the weekend, we're supposed to go into Iowa. Iowa only got an inch and a half of rain. But I just showed you that area of spring wheat. Here's Minnesota, into South Dakota, and of course, out west. And notice this whole area, you know, sub-moisture is, is pathetic with the heat. It's burning this crop up. And uh, what stands in front of us here is we just had this rains over the last week. It all went to the southeast. This is in Illinois, uh, Missouri. Uh, I would draw you a line again. Here's Minnesota. And by the way, this blue, that's half inches of rain over the last seven days. And only southern Minnesota caught about an inch of rain. And I'm drawing this right through Iowa, through uh, the northern parts of Nebraska and South Dakota. This whole area here got a half an inch or less continues to burn up and that affects the corn too as we go forward and so with this this is what's become the problem and why spring wheat futures have led the grain rally overweight now today we've seen a lot of volatility spring wheat got to the highest prices since 2017 and had a reversal of fortune and dropped 60 cents intraday from its highs that's because for those that get our work at heartlandinvest.com and your viewers are welcome to go there to get the information we had warned that once spring wheat traveled two dollars a bushel over winter wheat valuations you would see a problem because that extends the value of spring wheat over winter wheat to about as far as when we can go. If we're going to go higher, we need corn prices and soybean prices to also lift so protein value continues to appreciate in price. And that's what we're going to start seeing tomorrow with the big USDA crop report. So let's get into that because I'm seeing some reports that are asking, hey, you know, could we see beans about $15? You know, what, what's your best guess on what we're going to see tomorrow from this crop report, especially in light of what we're seeing with obviously these incredible temperatures and this drought. Well, as we roll into tomorrow's report, and by the way, on a scale of one to 10, there's two reports out of the year that clock in as a 12. And that's the June 30th acreage and stocks data and the March 31st expected acreage and stocks report. And so with that, we end up tomorrow, we're looking for an average guess, jumping some 2.7 million acres of corn over the March 31st guess, or about 93.7 million acres, 93.6 is where the guess is at. Now, there are guesses out there of 95, 96 million acres, but they're more like outliers. I don't think we're going to see it that large. Uh, of course, the more acres you have, the more it mutes the drought problem uh, for production. But sorghum paid very well, record prices. Kansas, rather than opting for corn, I think you're going to see more sorghum acres over, over 7 million acres of sorghum that, that fights and competes. And plus, when corn prices went up, they weren't solo. There was good uh, prices being offered for safflower, canola, uh, sunflowers, or other crops that competed. So this ro rotating out and just grow corn mentality is not there. Farmers do know rotation is the way to make money when prosperity is layered out amongst a lot of the commodities, not just one. And so that's what we're going to watch for, an acreage number on corn under 93 million acres for soybeans, anything under 89 million acres, and we're going to be sharply higher on price because now we have a USDA that, again, you've seen me grumble and complain about them. If you work for the USDA, I'm sorry. I'm asking you to join the world. Uh, you're always backward looking, not forward looking. And what happens is they are way behind on ascertaining how much corn has been exported and what it means for their numbers for our old crop carryout. They're way behind on ethanol demand. Ethanol demand, is ra demand has ramped up with gasoline usage. And I think as we go into tomorrow, we have a stocks number and they everybody thinks, well, the USDA is going to print over four billion bushels still available in old crop stocks until we get to September 1st. I think they got to lower that number. I think we're going to see a print under four billion. 
And if we see a print on the acreage of 93 million or acres or less, we're off to the race of the upside. I've been telling our clients this past week, corn got down to 513 and a half last week. And over the weekend, when corn had spent the weekend around 520, I said, we're going to see $6 corn before we see $5 corn. Well, today we got as high as 555 and stalled out as we await for that report because even if the report was slightly negative, I think end users are chomping at the bit to buy any weakness in this thing because they're concerned because 20% of all the corn production on the acreage uh, comes from North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Northern Iowa. Uh, those acres are hurting and you do not get this uh, pie in the sky, 175, 179 bushels to the acre national average that the USDA is using to keep new crop carryout over a billion bushels. They're hopeful for that, but they're gonna have to reduce that given our crop ratings that came out again yesterday. They were looking for improvements from this rain I just showed you uh, across the Midwest that was supposed to be torrential. Well, it was torrential in Missouri and Illinois uh, moving into Indiana, but it wasn't in Iowa. These key areas of production in Minnesota and Nebraska and South Dakota and Iowa, if we have a yield of 175 bushel per acre, take four times 93 million. We're just going to knock that carry out, which is currently 1.37 billion bushels, 1.34 billion bushels of new crop. We put it at a billion. If you have a billion new crop corn carry out that goes into this fall, that's corn at new contract highs over 650. If corn goes up, it's the rising tide that floats all ships. It pushes soybean prices up. It pushes winter wheat prices up. And yes, it pushes spring wheat prices up. And that's how spring wheat will likely find itself closer into the nine to $10 range as we get farther down here into July. All right, so take all this with the drought and the potential crop report for tomorrow, and then I'll translate that to the person that's watching at home, someone like myself, average guy, you know, obviously just tell me what does this mean for me and my dinner table and my family? Well, it doesn't help food pricing. There is good news in this. Uh, you can check with the North Dakota Wheat Commission, but basically in a $4 bushel of wheat, it, it's about six cents is in a loaf of bread. So if you double the price of wheat, take it to $8, uh, it goes from six cents to 12 cents. We all know your $3.50 loaf of bread, there's $4.50 loaf of bread out there. It all goes to the processor, transportation, marketing, retail, it's not the farmer. So the good news is it shouldn't push the price of bread up more than six cents a loaf, but We've known companies take advantage of situations and let it go a little more, but it it doesn't help. Macaroni, uh, bread pricing looks to go up. Your cornflakes, again, there too. There's not a lot of actual corn in the cost of your cornflakes box. But, of course, leave it to Kellogg's and those. They'll take advantage of situations and try to elevate it. So, bottom line, your price of food's not going down. It's likely going to continue edging higher. And your gas and your lumber and pretty much everything else that you're buying these days. So just yeah. pay attention to that. Then also, lumber, you know, like, by the way, has changed course. We have seen I, lumber prices get axed pretty good because of the sticker shock. Uh, home prices are shocking everybody. All of a sudden, uh, building permits are on hold. Things are changing. And we're also seeing a flush of lumber now coming in from Canada. So that has changed a bit. That part has been the Fed's wonderful world transitory. We're transitory. But lumber prices are still anticipated to level off double than what they were last year. At least it's not four times the price of last year, which it had hit. The old law of relativity, right? Like you're like, oh, hey, now it's only double. It's only double. It's crazy, right? So um, transitory, we can still kick that word out of here yet. And if you don't mind as well, I guess, what are you hearing from your clients? And if you want to transit what you're saying, hey, if I'm a farmer right now, am I going to, you know, 
try to make sell some futures, hold on to my crop? You know, what, what are you hearing from clients? Well, if you were a subscriber to our newsletter at heartlandinvest.com, you would be carrying 50% of last year's crop yet. We advised for long-term reasons. Uh, our research had suggested wheat prices would elevate. Uh, we still have half of last year's crop. We're still holding. We've sold no new crop. And of course, that's hard too when you don't know what you're going to grow. And with 90% of the spring wheat area in a drought, it's hard to be shooting out recommendations to sell here and here and there. So bottom line is we've made no sales yet. We still think higher prices are in the works. Volatility is playing. Yes, a lot of people are going to scream after today's action. There's a top in the market. There's a top in the spreads as far as spring wheat's relationship to winter wheat and relationship to corn. That as flat grain prices continue to move higher, we see spring wheat yet still moving higher yet. So we're holding. Great stuff. Eugene Grannon from heartlandinvest.com. You mentioned this new newsletter, so if you want to go check that out again, it's heartlandinvest.com. Eugene, great stuff. We'll be paying attention tomorrow to the crop report while President Trump's down at the border. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right, stay with us because coming up next, we've got a very special guest, the Queen of the West. That is her name, the Queen of the West, the Gospel Brunch in Medora. I had an incredible interview with her uh, when we were out there just recently. So please stay tuned for that. And of course, please share your point of view with us. You heard some fascinating information there about uh, the price of food, the crops, the drought, and much, much more. Very easy to do. Just email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We got much more coming up right after this. One of the things that everybody is looking for is more time in their day. There are so many articles on saving time, getting more time, making better use of your time, and equally as many articles on how to make your hair look great. I can do both for you. This is Daphne. It's actually a brush that straightens your hair. Wait till you see how easy it is. They say if you can brush your hair, you can straighten your hair, and you can. Now, typically, if you straighten your hair, right, you got to do small pieces. It takes forever. you got to go slowly. If you go too fast, it doesn't work. If you go too slow, you burn your hair. Oh, my gosh, I just burned my scalp, right? I'd like to do it more often, but who has that much time? The Daphne is something that women have said who've used it, that it took the time to straighten their hair from 30 minutes down to five minutes. 30 minutes to five minutes. This portion is gonna to heat to 365 degrees, which is exactly the right temperature to style your hair, but it's not gonna burn your scalp. Now you can take big pieces and just straighten large pieces, not tiny segments. If you go too slow, you're not gonna burn your hair. This is such a fabulous idea. Everybody on social media is talking about this. My good friend said her daughter saw it and said, oh my gosh, I've been wanting one of those. If you wanna straighten your hair every day, if you can do it in five minutes and you're not going to damage your hair, that's something you're going to think about doing every day. Right now on localsteals.com, these are actually 50% off. And if you know anyone who wants to have a great hair day every day, I can't think of a better idea.